just constantly being open to learn from mistakes, right? And take the next step forward. And if you messed up and you fell over, that you get back up and that you learn, right? Okay, why did I mess up? Why did this go wrong? What can I do the next time to not have that happen? So you have a passion for fitness and the desire to start your own business, but launching a massively successful fitness business is extremely complex. The systems, operations, hiring, firing, coaching, sales, and marketing are critical to success. Where do you even start? This show will give you the answers. Here is Bedros Koulian and Bryce Henson, your hosts of the Fitness Franchise Podcast, a show dedicated to helping fitness entrepreneurs launch and grow successful gyms. Today's episode is another amazing one as our guest is a nutrition and peak performance expert. Now, he is also the co-founder and CEO of Avatar Nutrition, a macros-focused nutrition coaching app that has served over 150,000 clients, helping them lose in excess over a combined, wait for it, 2.3 million pounds. Now, through overcoming his own struggle with weight as a teenager, Mark discovered the life-changing impact of fitness. This then led to a lifelong quest of discovery and growth within the industry, constantly presenting evidence-based strategies for transforming bodies and lives through accessible platforms. Mark Springer, welcome to the show, my friend. Hey, Bryce. How you doing? Oh, man. I am doing fabulous. Super stoked to talk with you today. Yeah, so this is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I remember going through the show notes and looking at everything to prepare for it. Um, I know we're going to be delivering a lot of value to all the listeners from both a technical and entertainment standpoint. So this is going to be a good time. That is the plan. Um, well, lots to get into, and obviously, like nutrition, avatar nutrition, your brainchild and your baby. So that's going to obviously be the meat and potatoes of our conversation. But before we get there, uh, talk us talk us through the backstory. How did you get to where you are today? Yeah. So, I mean, like most of us in life, it all started out during childhood. And uh, like many Americans today and many kids all over the world, uh, I was overweight and I was not, that was not a good look. I wasn't happy with it. I remember, uh, you know, growing up in Louisiana during the summertime, I would always be wearing a hoodie, just anything to try to hide myself under. Cause I thought, Hey, you know, the girls that I think are cute, aren't going to notice how chubby <laughs> I am if I'm wearing all these clothes. Uh, it didn't quite work out so well. Um, but anyway, uh, it was always a struggle and I never really understood why I was overweight. Right. Cause most kids, and even a lot of adults, they don't understand energy balance, which is just calories in calories out moving around and all the different signals that you can give your body how to adapt, which is all exercise really is. Mm -hmm. But all that being said, um, I knew something had to change and I would hide in the pantry eating baking chocolate because my parents were trying to keep like different types of junk food out of the house. But hey, if, if I could find it, I would eat it. Um, oh. But one day I was in the pantry eating a moon pie, which is like a little uh, marshmallow covered in wafers, all dipped in chocolate item that they have in Louisiana. It's pretty popular. Oh, yeah. Um, but I was sitting there looking at this moon pie and just thinking to myself, I don't want to be like this. I don't want to keep living this way. And so in one of those melodramatic real life moments, I take the moon pie, I run out the, to the backyard and I just slung it like a discus over the fence. And, uh, you know, you would have thought a crack of lightning went across the sky. Just, <laughs> no, <laughs> but uh, that was the moment. And um, I, I just started running just like Forrest Gump. Just started running every day. I couldn't go very far at first, just to the end of the driveway. But mm -hmm. eventually it was to the neighbor's driveway, then to the mailboxes. Um, and then I was running a mile, two mile, three miles. And over time, 
uh, that weight started to come off. You know, I was eating less. I didn't know why I was eating less, but I just was. And mm-hmm. so as you're starting to move around more and eat less, weight came off. So I went from a uh, Husky, which is the brand of pants that I had to wear, Husky, uh, about 200 down to, uh, by the end of high school, 128. I was skinny. Holy But um, yeah, I became a really good distance runner. Uh, walked onto the cross-country team, ran distance events and track. And that really showed me the process that anybody can tap into where when you consistently apply yourself over an extended time frame and really put in effort every day, you see results and you see things change. And um, that just brought confidence out of me. It brought my sense of humor out. It brought my personality out. And it really allowed me to thrive and flourish in my own life. Instead of being trapped in my body, I was finally enabled by it. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I knew I had to share that new mindset, and new way of living with as many people as I could. It's like, all right, Mark, here's why you exist. Here's why you're on planet Earth. Yeah. Now, did that kind of aha come to you like at the tail end of high school or was that a few years removed after you went through your you know, high school journey? So that really came in at the tail end of high school um, and going into college because I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do with my life when I enrolled as you know, so many people are. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I was going, I paid my way through school, um, through my scholarships and then through student work as a personal trainer at our school gym. Okay. And, um, my first client that I ever had, he weighed about 420 pounds when I got him. So, you know, first ever client, he comes and tells me, he's like, my doctor said, if I don't lose weight, I'm going to die. I'm like, okay, oh, wow. All right, here we go. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right into the deep end. Um, but we worked together for about two years, and he ended up dropping from 420 down to about 240. Ooh. Totally turned his life around. Oh, and yeah. what I saw was the same thing that I experienced myself. Because as that weight started to come off, when he when he first started with me, all he could do was just walk. We just mm-hmm. walk around the indoor track at the school gym. But he went from being able to walk to being able to do a BOSU ball uh, exercises or Swiss ball wall squats, all these basic things. And it was like a little plant. You plant a little bean seed in a pot and it grows. You have your first shoot, then it sprouts out. And there's all these different things in fitness, like growing a bean plant where you just see branches come out of it. And so over time, he gained more capabilities. He gained more health um, and his personality came out. And I remember on one of our last days working together because his work took him elsewhere, um, he pulled me aside and thanked me for saving his life. And I guess that was really the moment when I knew. I was like, okay, you know, all this other stuff that I'm studying right now, like it's ancillary. Mm -hmm. What the, The focus of what I need to do is take everything I'm learning in school and figure out how to apply it to some kind of system that people everywhere can access. Um, and that, that's really what kicked off the lifelong quest that you mentioned in the intro. It was working with Mr. David. Oh, good for you, man. That's, that's powerful. And obviously being in the fitness industry, like we both know the impact of when you change someone's life, it's just so gratifying. So I can certainly respect that and acknowledge you for that. Now, during this time, like you're going to school, you know, you connect with David, he, he literally, he, he loses half his body weight, which is incredible. And, a, and really a shout out to you both. What were you studying at the time? Were you going to school for nutrition? I was curious on kind of your, the education background that you have. Yeah. So my background started out in business and uh, uh-huh. ironically enough, I couldn't cut it. Right. Uh, I couldn't pass accounting to save my life. So I flunked out of business school and switched over to liberal arts and I was basically studying history. So uh, my degree is liberal arts with a concentration in humanities and social thought. 
And so really what I was studying um, was just all what was happening in human civilization, uh, specifically around the Aegean Sea. So it's kind of like a weird niche thing to look at, but you can extrapolate a lot about what people do uh, throughout all time periods, even into the present. And then you can look at the way that different civilizations rise and fall, and there's commonalities that play right into business. And so in a roundabout way, I came back to it, but with a little bit of a esoteric skill set. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. So you get through, uh, you know, you flunked out of business school, which is in- incredibly uh, ironic now that you're CEO of a very, very successful company. Um, yeah. But uh, you had a change in, in, in pace, but you finish your college degree. Um, you ultimately connect and, and really have this big aha with yourself with fitness and you pass that on. You know, what was the, the I guess, next step after you graduated college? You know, what was that, I guess, post-college career look like? What were you doing? And I was curious, all leading into, obviously, Avatar, but, you know, curious if you can provide some insight to that aspect of your life post-college. Right. So immediately after college, I went back, you know, so grad school, um, and I was studying sports administration because at that point, I knew that I wanted to do something involved with fitness as a career. And I wasn't okay. sure what it was, if it was going to be training people, uh, starting a business or, or what have you. But um, the deeper that I got into sports administration, which is really what points you towards working for uh, like a professional sports franchise and ticketing, marketing, sales, stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, the more I realized, uh, and even with college athletics too, that it's it's not so much about the athlete and it's not so much about the love of the game at a professional or uh, collegiate level. It's more about truly the cold, hard numbers in the business of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't really what I wanted to have my life be about because I'm about helping people. And so if you're trying to boost up revenue for the New Orleans Saints or the Clippers or some other team, that's mm-hmm. not so much about helping the individual or making a real impact on somebody's life. So after grad school, I got back into the private fitness industry and I had my own small business as a personal trainer. Um, I was also teaching outdoor fitness camps. So I was kind of working with people at a group setting and an individual setting. And I kept seeing the same common thread that was a problem that my clients had all the time from when I was in college, after college and into those early years, um, which was the nutrition piece. Because obviously, when it comes to nutrition, there's so many different philosophies on it. Um, Obviously, you've had keto become really big recently. You've had paleo diets, vegan diets, Atkins diet, South Beach diet. And you could just go on forever with all the different grapefruit (laughs) diet, you know, (laughs) everything. Like, it's just constant. And people don't know what they need to do. But that's because the wheel keeps being reinvented. But it's been reinvented so many times that people forgot what a spoke is or what an axle is or what a tire is. But uh, just go back to basics. And um, so also during my educational career, I was taking elective courses in nutrition to try to, again, do that pursuit of knowledge and really find out, like, what are the common threads here? And that's what led me to flexible dieting and tracking macros. Uh, I was actually an agriculture professor that I had who talked about changing the macronutrient composition of feed for beef stock to change the body fat composition of the beef. And I was asking, well, could you do that with people? and you know, he's a country guy, big mustache, looked like uh, Wyatt Earp. He's like, oh, I don't see why the hell he couldn't. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, awesome. that was like the the very, very first uh, foray into that area. 
Got it. That little aha, if you will. So you had, I guess, a couple. One, you know, as a young man going through high school, realizing that, you know, fitness could actually transform your life. And then that secondary moment where you were able to give that gift of fitness back to David. And then, you know, tertiary, uh, you know, experience when you're going back to grad school and then you kind of, you know, really understood, you know, the power of nutrition. So after you went back to grad school, now kind of leading uh, uh, our audience down the path because, you know, our audience is interested in opening potentially a fitness, um, you know, uh, location or a gym business and nutrition is such a vital aspect of, of body composition as we both know I mean working out is probably single-handedly the best thing you can do for your whole body uh, body mind and soul but really from a nutrition perspective if you're looking for a body composition change nutrition is really what you, you know, the old adage saying what you um, you know what you put in your mouth in public you wear in private right so if you want to kind of change your body composition nutrition's it so now walk us down the path of like you know you had these aha moments you're learning about the industry you realize okay there is something there in terms of nutrition you want to help people what's that next step how did really uh, avatar come to be right so the first part was reading a book and uh it was ironically enough it was a book that was sitting on top of a trash can because somebody else threw it away um, but you know, that book was Napoleon Hill's think and grow rich. It's a classic, you know, oh, yeah. it's just the, the philosophy and mindset behind business. Um, but anyway, I started, I read through that book. Um, I wrote down like all my ideas, like the vision and how things would go, you know, started writing out my business plan. And this is all like, you know, kindergarten levels of skill at the beginning <laughs> compared to where you get years down the road after having been in the trenches. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just an application of a lot of the lessons in that very old book. Um, and then just, I sold everything I had, which didn't amount to much, about 5,000 bucks. Um, okay. I had an original business partner starting out with this, um, and then packed up my life and moved to Florida to start things out. And, um, you know, that story goes a little bit deeper cause there's a lot of drama in it. Um, sure. But, you know, that happens. That happens with life. And I know there's a lot of advice that I want to give out to people uh, that could help them avoid some of the problems that happened with that. Um, but, yeah, it was uh, just jumping off because there's three of us. Um, and at the time, my girlfriend was also another partner. And, um, you know, she moved with me out there to Tampa, Florida. And uh, we both had left our entire lives behind to kind of, you know, jump off a cliff and build an airplane on the way down because, it was an unusual journey because when you think of most tech startups, um, they'll have investors and they'll have seed funding and they'll have their runways and different uh, mentors and guides, but none of it, right? All it right. was was the vision of what we wanted to create, which was a system that would give access to people to the flexible dieting approach um, and have everything all in one spot. Uh, nothing like it existed. It was a brand new thing. And so we packed up everything, moved out there and like <laughs> fought off, uh, every level of Hades, <laughs> you know, to, to finally bring it to light. Um, but yeah, you can, you can definitely ask for more specifics on that because it's a long story. I know we're, we're limited in time. Well, I'm going to dive in a little bit here, but I know you, you know, from Louisiana, you talked about the journey of moving. I know you're now in Austin, Texas, which is kind of this technology hub. Um, specifically, why did you move to Tampa to launch the company? That's where uh, the business partner was. And so he had a pretty big name in the industry. Um, and that's what we wanted to do was basically have him come on as someone who had experience in the world of online coaching and also yep. had a lot of the credentials behind his name uh, to basically act as like a face of the brand. Mm -hmm. um, and so he was out there. And unfortunately, we didn't get to see him much um, when we first moved out there. But still, uh, we 
had a small web development company that we worked with and they kind of helped put together the front end of the website. Um, and at the time they didn't even put it back into it. And so anybody who knows software understands that if you're going to be maintaining people's data, you need to have tables that the data can go into, but we were totally new, total rookies, nobody, none of the three of us knew, knew the difference between a front end and a back end. Um, so it really was just a pure force of will to turn this thing from a concept into an actual business. Um, and then taking it each step down the road to, to the next iteration that it became, there's a lot of pain and a lot of learning. Um, but for any entrepreneur, I'm sure they understand this because it's not just a straight line up. <laughs> no, no, sir, it is not. And actually, I, I'm, if you'd be so kind to articulate a couple of the big kind of obstacles in your way, because you mentioned that when you first moved there, you know, dr then drama sued, ensued, which I think um, any entrepreneur can relate to and resonate because to your point, it's not a straight line. It's a jagged line. It's take it two steps forward, one step back, sometimes three steps forward, three steps back. Um, so could you share with the audience maybe one or two big challenges during that time frame, aside from what you just listed? And then also too, like the learning lesson lesson because there's a lot of value uh, as much as it is, is valuable to provide successes and wins. Many times, actually, the biggest value is actually going through a learning lesson or a loss, but then actually learning it from it. So you can kind of share maybe one or two, you know, big stories, challenges that you either overcame or learned from in that process. Oh, definitely. So one thing, if you're going to go into business with, with another person, have an operating agreement. So that's a legal document that you and the person that you're or people that you're going into business with all sign off on. That's a contractual agreement as to how you're going to operate the business and what your relationship looks like. And so a mistake that a lot of people think is that, oh, you know, you only want me to sign this because you don't trust me. So I, no, 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 I like how our relationship is and I want it to stay good. Yeah. And if you want your relationship with a business partner to stay positive and stay how you envision it and agree to envisioning it from the beginning, create that operating agreement. Because uh, that that's where we got burned. Um, so our orig original partner ended up having a lot of problems in his personal life that mm -hmm. he started trying to literally bring into the business. And um, that was, as you can imagine, problematic. Oh, yeah. Right? You know, uh, he had an affair, was trying to force us to hire the woman he's having an affair with to get her in the country and big mess. Ooh. Right? And so that's what led to the split. But we did not have an operating agreement. And so in not having that operating agreement, we couldn't really do anything because typically when somebody's acting so out of line with the interest of the company mm -hmm. in an operating agreement, you could say, well, you know, X, Y, Z, here you go. But instead we had to buy out all of the shares for a small fortune. So that literally would have saved us a fortune had yeah. we simply had that document in place. Um, but again, you know, the, the lessons that hurt the most are the ones that you learn the best. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and that's just so true. And, and, you know, human nature, I'd like to think, and maybe it's a wishful thinking, but we all start off with the best intentions, right? Um, right. But without that kind of clear, like laid out agreement, because I'm with you, I've had business partners, actually a close family member of mine, and due to personal relationships, just, you know, things, you know, sometimes go south. So, you know, having the wherewithal and that knowledge is super important, even though, you know, you might be super close to someone or friends or family, you know, intentions, the, the intentions are strong to start, but when things get messy, which they do in entrepreneurship, having that agreement is, is so foundational. So that all said, like maybe uh, another, um, you know, kind of a drama filled experience or maybe a learning lesson aside from, you know, the operating agreement. Right. Uh, so know your numbers. You need to know your technical numbers when it comes to running a business. So a lot of people at their first time, you need to learn what an income statement is. You need mm -hmm. to understand how to read a balance sheet. 
These will tell you the vital signs of your business. And you can get these from your accountant. So I would recommend if you don't understand accounting, don't do your own accounting. Hire a CPA um, and have them uh, run all the numbers of your business and keep your books. And then uh, under, like, you can look up Wikipedia articles. You can YouTube this. There's great information out there for free mm -hmm. um, on how to really interpret what's on your income statements and balance sheets. And um, that'll help you make better choices when it comes to how you're allocating money. Because once you start making money as a business and you have a lot of profit, you're left with a choice. You can either reinvest it or you can take it as uh, earnings mm -hmm. and it becomes income. And again, it's going to be taxed. So make sure that you keep enough uh, on the side to pay your taxes because you don't want to get in trouble. Um, but again, just really understanding the financial metrics of your business uh, will prevent you from making a lot of easily avoidable mistakes. And that's so foundational and you would think is common sense, but sometimes common sense is not so common. Um, so hugely uh, valuable advice for any you know of our audience who maybe are entrepreneurs or you know looking to become an entrepreneur, start their own business, like super, super valuable. Um, so that said, Mark, now you've kind of, uh, you've shifted the, the company, uh, the, the, the startup, if you will, to Florida. You, you're in some rocky uh, times, if you will. Um, walk us through the journey. How did you end up getting to Texas? And I'm, I want to dive into the actual nutrition portion and the technology soon, but from a business perspective, uh, what was the next step uh, in, in terms of the, the path on your journey? Right. Um, so the whole rationale for being in Florida in the first place uh, was to be closer to that business partner. But once the, this person's still only a partner, there's no point to be in Florida. Yeah. Uh, so being from Louisiana, Texas is a lot more like home. And being an online business, we have the luxury of uh, planning our routes wherever we choose. Yep. As long as we have Wi-Fi, you know, we can we can operate and communicate. Uh, so we made the decision to move over to Texas because it's one of five states that don't have state level income tax. So if you're That's a right. business owner, not having to pay twice in taxes is, is very helpful. Um, but uh, Austin specifically, there's a lot of technology here. Um, there's a lot of people who are interested in health and fitness here. And that's yep. what we are is we're the merging of technology with health and fitness. So when it comes to having the right people to hire from, the right mindset combined with the right skill set, Austin was really the place to do it. Yeah. And about what year was this? So we moved to Austin in 2018. So okay. we've been here um, actually just over three years now because that was April. Yeah. 2018. Yeah, good on you. I mean, um, obviously, Texas, Florida is actually a state that has no income um, tax as well. And uh, shoot, Elon Musk uh, just moved to your neck of the woods, or at least somewhere in Texas, uh, just for the, yeah. the same the same reason. So he's taking a play out of your book. <laughs> yeah, he's all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, good. Okay, so from a business perspective, you kind of relocate. Now, you know, I'm I'm dying to know, and I know our our audience is just a little bit more about like as the nutrition path, like flex dieting. You know, you had the aha moment, but it's one thing to like understand high level about flex dieting, the power of it, but it's another thing to actually create a technology platform specifically around counting macros, etc. So, walk us through that journey, specifically the experience. Um, you know, from from a nutrition perspective as well as from a technology perspective. Right. Um, so I'll, I'll take you experience, I'll take you technology, but one of the most important things to remember is the customer perspective. So I'm user ID number one. And one of the original thesis behind what we did with Avatar was if nobody finds this interesting or useful, at least I'll have something I can use myself that I have on my computer. Right. So like, <laughs> I knew I was going to use it myself anyway. Um, but with that in mind and always being a user of your own product, 
you'll be able to empathize and understand what the other people that could potentially use it are going to want and what they're going to run into, what they're going to go through. Um, so we use a process that's called continuous development, continuous integration. So essentially what that means is you're constantly listening to feedback from the people that are using your product and implementing it. And then you get more feedback and then you implement it and you just constantly run that cycle over and over and over again. But that's really how the product is, is built and refined over the years. But um, just the, the core of what we do just to like really rewind and go back almost to the beginning of this conversation is we go back to first principles, right? You know, we're talking about all these different diets and the fitness industry trying to reinvent the wheel over and over, but you can give me any diet that anyone's on you know, paleo, vegan, keto, you name it, right? And if you tell me what you ate that day, I can tell you three numbers that are very important. Mm -hmm. It's a total amount of protein, fat, and carbs that that person ate. And it doesn't matter what diet you're on, no matter what, you are eating those macronutrients. And every person that lives inside of a human body that operates by the rules of human biology mm -hmm. has specific needs for protein, fat, and carbs. And you have the luxury of picking whatever kind of food preferences that you want, right? You know, you might like um, rice better than you like pasta. You might like pasta better than you like bread, but all those are carb sources. You might be somebody who likes uh, tuna. You might be somebody who likes chicken. You might be somebody who likes bison. Those are all protein sources. Mm -hmm. And once you start to log foods, you'll understand that all these different things that you're eating are contributing to an amount of protein, fat, and carbs every day that you're consuming. So what Avatar does is it gives you a target range, not even a specific target number, but just a range for your protein, your fat, and your carbs. And based on where you are in that range, if you're over, if you're under, on a week-to-week -week basis, it's calculating all this and it's analyzing what you're eating. And so if you're in those ranges, the software is starting to learn how your body's responding to those different outputs. And then every week it will adjust. So let's say that your goal is that you wanted to lose weight right? We have an expectation for how much weight loss you're going to lose based on what you're eating and the macros that you're tracking. So if you're not losing at the right weight, we'll know that we need to adjust your carbs and fats down a bit, mm -hmm. so on and so forth. Um, but yeah, so what we did is take that kind of logic and build it into a platform where the tracking side of things is made as convenient as possible, because we understand that that's one of the biggest hurdles people run into is like, oh, this is going to require so much effort. You know, if I have to track and log everything, Right. So it's like, all right, what do we do? Why not just have it where you can copy and paste foods over from one day to the next? Why not swipe an item to duplicate it? Because you might be eating, having the same protein shake two or three times in a day, mm -hmm. right? And so anything that you can think of, we added it in there. It's not so much anything you can think of or I can think of. It's what people who are using the system thought of and asked for. So we put it in there and then more people use it and um, they see results. They tell their friends and family about it then they get on it and use it. And um, we get more and more information, more and more feedback. So one, the algorithm is constantly being refined because it's getting to analyze what people are doing inside of the system, yeah. but also the experience itself is being constantly refined because you have more people going through it. Um, so that's probably a long-winded answer, but... A good one at that. Yeah. Now, diving in you know, a little bit more to the learning curve, because in our locations, you know, I'm a gym owner in Southern California, macronutrient, you know, uh, 
counting has been just game changing for the clients that have been able to introduce, uh, execute it. But one of the big feedbacks to your point is just the, the labor intensiveness of basically executing that, you know, th that tracking. So what would you say on the avatar app is like the learning curve, because just like anything in life, there is a learning curve when, when a new client kind of, you know, uh, gets logged on, et cetera. Walk us through what that looks like for the average client, because um, I'm curious how quickly they can get it and obviously change their life from a nutrition perspective. Right. So if someone's committed to understand it, I'd say it's probably going to take about two weeks. But the first thing that they're going to have to understand is that um, you're tracking what you're eating. And if that's an alien concept to somebody because they've never done that before, it will seem at surface level like it's overwhelming. But what yep. most people don't realize is they're creatures of habit. And they're eating probably the same 15 or 20 items over and over and over again. Right. So let's say that you're going to have um, you know, a cup of milk, right? So it's like, oh, you know, I need to pour a cup, cup of milk into this measuring cup and then pour it in the glass. If you're using the same glass and you're having a cup of milk, eventually you're going to know what a cup of milk looks like in that glass. Just right. like you would a half cup of oats, uh, three ounces of chicken breast. If you've measured things enough time, you start to learn how to estimate portions. And once you can estimate portions, it's just like tying your shoes. And you can go quickly. Um, and then you might be out at a restaurant. So then all you have to do is pull out the app, search for whatever the name of the restaurant is and the food that you're eating there. Um, or maybe you're at a gas station and you got a snack there. Then you just scan the barcode. But either way, you're going to start learning to look at nutrition labels. And so let's say that um, you're trying to lose weight so you don't have a ton of fat and carbs to work with. You look at um, a meal replacement bar and you're like, wow, this has 85 grams of carbs. Mm -hmm. You might not have thought about it before because you just looked at the front of the label where it's marketed as being like the paleo bar. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's like, wow, that like took out half my carb budget for the day. Right. Maybe that's not what I want to spend it on. And so then you start looking at your protein, carbs, and fats as like little crypto macro currencies that you can spend on food. And as long as your budget's right and you're spending it on stuff that you enjoy, um, you'll be losing weight in a way that doesn't feel like a restrictive diet. Yeah. Uh, just incredible. Um, from your perspective, and, and I love the fact that you said that you're your 0001 client uh, and the fact that you've been taking this integrative feedback loop, um, which is what I coach and consult gym owners all the time. It's like you better be taking your sessions at your gym because at the end of the day, that's going to give you a lot more visibility to the experience that you're offering and then you can course create better, continue to improve that. So from your perspective, like how do you eat? How's your own nutrition? And uh, I was just you know curious for the audience at home because who better to kind of get some nutritional coaching? advice from you know the creator of, uh, of avatar oh definitely so again everybody's going to eat a little bit differently because we all have our own preferences for instance like i don't like ketchup i'm like that one weird guy that i don't like ketchup on my hamburgers you know <laughs> but like everyone's going to be different but that being said uh, i will give you some hacks because most people who've never tracked before the hardest thing that they're going to run into is meeting their protein goals so buy protein powder mm -hmm. right buy protein powder get ready to drink protein shakes that will make your life so much easier uh, because if you don't have time to cook, like I'm a pretty busy guy. So yep. if I can just knock down uh, two or three scoops of whey with two cups of skim milk, that's about 80 to 90 grams of protein without even having to think about it. Mm -hmm. And so then as you go throughout the rest of your day, you can find foods that have trace amount of protein in it. Like let's say you're going to have a hamburger. I mean, a hamburger is mostly going to be carbs and fats, but there's still some protein. Right. Um, or you could even have like a smoothie. Right. Go to Smoothie King and have a smoothie. That's, you know, you get the one that's supposed to have protein. It's still going to have 120 grams of carbs. But, um, you know, 
they they share the information there. But yeah, there's other things too, like uh, low-fat string cheese, low-fat cottage cheese, Greek yogurt. Um, these are a lot of things that are just kind of staples that you might want to have around. And um, if somebody's a vegan and they're not going to have any dairy products, then they'll want to focus on uh, like pea protein, hemp protein powders and stuff like that. Because vegans do require a higher total protein intake uh, right. because plant-based proteins don't have as complete of an amino acid profile. So they have to have a higher total bulk volume. Interesting. Uh, so now kind of geeking out on the nutrition, uh, you know, you, you, clearly this is your zone of genius. Uh, you're a very, very sharp guy. Um, talk to me about like your continued education because just some of the content that you're, you know, you know, talking about from a nutrition perspective, the average person is probably thinking, whoa, even the average gym owner, truth be told. So how did you con continue to acquire your nutrition you know, knowledge and how do you continue? Right. So education doesn't stop when you graduate. That's a, a huge misconception that a lot of people have. And if you're not continually trying to expand your knowledge, mm -hmm. you're doing it wrong. You need to always be learning, always mm -hmm. be growing, always be improving. Um, so books, like different books that have been read on the subject, textbooks, uh, communication, because we've run studies with different universities. So just talking to professors and I know that's, that's a luxury that I have access to is like, being able to participate in university level research around right. nutrition and hang out with people who are some of the top experts in the world on this. Mm -hmm. But that being said, um, you could look at something like uh, ISSN. That's a good resource. So the International S Society of Sports and Nutrition, okay. um, like follow their pages and see what they have to say. Uh, you could look at some of the big cert agencies like NASM or ACE and look at the different continued education programs that they offer. Um, but there's structured learning that you can do through uh, CEU credits and things like mm -hmm. that. But there's also unstructured, which is just you go down the Google rabbit hole. Right. But also learn that you have to understand that not everything you read on the internet is true. So <laughs> you're going to have to establish your Decipher own filter that. when it comes to processing information. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, I, I kind of assumed uh, that, that, you know, this is your zone of genius from a nutrition perspective. I'm sure it is, but you know, not leading the witness in your own words, because I also want to kind of talk about the technology piece because my little mind here is just still wrapping my, my myself around the fact that you're a nutrition expert, um, you know, but also a technology expert being this is your business. Um, but what would you say your zone of genius is like, you know, 30,000 foot view, how you've been able to really execute this, you know, company the way you have. Right. Uh, that's a great question. So, I mean, every, everybody has their own qualities that are unique to them. Um, and if I had to put like a, call it a zone of genius, it would be able to exist within any kind of different world you can imagine. Right. Um, so what I mean by that is be able to interact and engage with developers, right. With customer support people, with mm -hmm. customers that are hedge fund managers and with customers who live in the lower ninth ward, mm -hmm. right? But be able to break bread and have dinner with anyone, right? Whether it's Elon Musk or the school janitor and being able to really connect on a direct level. Um, so I, I think if anything, uh, if there's a zone of genius, it's just being able to connect with any person. And so yeah. if you can connect with any person, you have a much greater ability to help every person. That's the way yeah. that I see it.
Amen to that. Uh, now, not to go to Elon Musk, but we've brought him up a couple times. And the one thing that you laid out is when you're kind of developing the strategy in terms of flex dieting, et cetera, um, taking into account the, the principle of first principles, which very candidly, I had never heard of until about a few years ago when I started becoming obsessed with Elon Musk. And he, he credits actually first principles to how he started Tesla and SpaceX. It's just a critical way of thinking. Um, so just to kind of you know double down on that, how did you first come up with the concept or at least learn about it? So so that way you could basically execute flex dieting. It was precisely through critical thinking. So if there is one, the one most valuable thing that I learned in my undergraduate education was critical thinking, because that's what they hammer on in the liberal arts education. Mm -hmm. So critical thinking when applied to diet, you start to be able to with like with a laser cut through all the, the marketing, because that's most of what the fitness industry is, is an exercise in marketing because right. they're not, focusing on biochemistry, right? They don't look at, um, I mean, you know, correlation is causation to most people in marketing, right? Cause like, okay, you can look at like the biggest loser, for example, they say, why did all these people lose this weight? Oh, well, because they were all on this TV show. So if you want to say correlation is causation, weight loss comes from having cameras on you, which we all know isn't the truth, Not right? Yeah. But that, that's how a lot of people interpret things. So it's like, oh, um, let's say that we're going to have this like detox tea to lose weight. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Hey, I drank this tea and I lost 50 pounds. Well, you are also not eating anything and you are also running 80 miles a week. You think that might've had something to do with it, <laughs> you know? but the, what they're going to say is, Oh, detox tea, lost 80 pounds. And that happens. But so it's like, okay, we're returning to first principles when it comes to nutrition, when it comes to exercise, you start to learn a thing or two. Uh, even weight training, right? You have to think, well, why, why do people lift weights? You know, what are the first principles there? Uh, is that a, is that a way to put an external stimulus on your body that uh, elicits an adaptation that's in line with what your goals are? Real weird way of looking at things, but that's the first principles approach to it. Same yeah. thing with nutrition. Everything breaks down to those core components of food, protein, fat, and carbohydrate. And technically, alcohol is the fourth macro, but we're not going to give people an alcohol target liability, yeah. right? Probably not a good thing. <laughs> yeah, probably not a good thing. <laughs> Copy that. Well, um, taking this, you know, uh, a step further and something we talked about offline and actually how we first met is uh, our company, Fit Body Bootcamp, and our VP is actually currently experimenting and we're actually, you know, trialing uh, Avatar Nutrition and potentially what that could be, you know, for our gym owners and our, you know, clients. Um, so talk to the audience about that, especially if someone's like interested in becoming a gym owner, how potentially could Avatar really help them really provide the results that their clients need and deserve? Definitely. So fitness is a two-piece puzzle. There's what you do when it comes to your exercise and there's what you eat. Nutrition part is usually the piece of the puzzle that people in gyms are missing. They'll come to the gym, they'll work out hard, then they go home and they're clueless, right? right? You know, they might be doing just whatever the flavor of the week diet is, but not right. doing something that's effective. So all that being said, we realized that we could offer something very valuable to gyms and to trainers by integrating Avatar into their services. Uh, so just to give you like a example, right? Let's say a gym has a $21 a month membership. So mm -hmm. we now give that gym the ability to sell a membership plus nutrition. So they could sell it for $29 a month. And so the gym is going to provide access to Avatar through that gym membership to their client. And so, for example, let's say we charge the gym $5 for every person who does that. They're charging $8. So the gym nets three. 
So now they've increased their revenue 14% for every member that's on that plan. And on top of that, they've 100% offloaded a huge piece of the puzzle. So now that client's going to know exactly what to do with their nutrition, and they're going to be taken care of by us just like we would any uh, direct customer. So now that person, they have their gym membership, they have their nutrition in check, they're going to get crazy good results, and they're going to become a point of referral for that gym. More people come in, more people get the membership plus nutrition. So the gym wins, the member wins, Avatar wins. Yeah, um, and and just yeah. seeing like macronutrient, you know, and just seeing the process, I've just seen transformation after transformation after transformation. So, I, you know, it's no secret why you've been able to, with your system, you know, drop 2.3 million, I think that was the metric uh, pounds, which is just insanity. Um, and even better yet for, for the average gym owner that is overwhelmed because typically, and at least in my experience coaching and consulting different gym owners, you maybe have 10, 20% who are interested and really excited about nutrition. The vast majority are or not, or don't. So just to clarify, so I have this correctly, you know, if a gym owner were to link up with your uh, software, number one, it's an increased revenue opportunity. But number two, and I think if I hear him, if I'm hearing this correctly, the most important aspect is your team will actually coach and service that client through the app, um, you know, guiding that client to better results. Is that correct? Exactly. So it's 100% offloading the headache of trying to manage people's nutrition in mass. Uh, because I remember as a trainer, even when I was in school, like, Hey, you need to like do nutrition stuff for your clients. I didn't know what I was doing at the time. Like I had a vague idea, but right. you know, you'd be looking through piles of paper of like partially filled out food logs and somebody had my fitness pal, somebody had a different app and like, it was just a nightmare. It was an yeah, absolute yeah. nightmare. Like, Oh, well, you know, we'll add to your hourly rate, $2. I'm like, Oh gee, thanks. <laughs> you know, <laughs> pay me two extra bucks to do 20 extra hours of work. All yeah. right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so you're really saving people a lot of time and hassle. Uh, by having us 100% offload it. And the other thing too, it's like through this portal system that we've built, if let's say a trainer's using it and they want to sell an extra service like uh, motivation and accountability and monitoring, mm -hmm. they can do that because they can go into their client's profiles and see their usage of the avatar system. So if a person's on there um, and they're not logging a food for the day, the trainer can look at it, they can look at their client and they can call and be like, hey, Bryce, you're not eating anything today. You're just not logging anything. What are you doing, bro? Come on. <laughs> so, so they brilliant. can do that and you could, and a trainer could charge whatever they want. Right. Yeah. So depending on your market, your location, um, your price point, you can set your own margins on something like that and just have avatar do all the heavy lifting. You just do motivation and accountability. Brilliant. Now more of a business question, but I'm a very curious guy. I know our audiences as well. Um, you know, your technology obviously is a huge uh, asset in the ability to produce awesome results to your clients, but I'm sure there's a lot of coaching involved. How does your team, how do you support that coaching element? Because it's not just the, the technology, there has to be some sort of coaching element. I'm just curious from, you know, how you're able to execute that um, within your operations. Right. So I love this quote. If knowledge was all you needed, everyone in the world would be a billionaire with a six pack. Right. <laughs> so true. And so we understand that. And that's why we've always had, uh, we pride ourselves on our customer support and our coaching. So through the app during business hours, you can have live chat with our coaches. So you can just talk to me, but like, Hey, I'm feeling overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I feel kind of stuck or, Hey, you know, I have a bunch of protein left. What should I do? Whatever message you have, you have a coach in your pocket and you can pull out your phone or pull out your app and just talk to them in live chat. 
or if you have a more detailed thing, you can fill out support tickets, you can add attachments, and we can provide you with an absolute top tier level of service and really make sure that you overcome any obstacles between where you are now and mm-hmm. where you want to be as far as your goals go. Yeah, interesting. And that's super important. It's something that, you know, we were talking offline, but, you know, your your company and, you know, starts with a leader, right? Your fanatical focus on really going the extra mile for your clients. Actually, at Fit Body Bootcamp, one of our core values is exceeding expectations. So from your perspective, how do you think really that ties in um, to the success that you've achieved, not only for your clients, but as a company? Oh, it's everything. Because that was always the mindset from day one. And we ran into a lot of trouble in the early days. For instance, when we first launched, like I said, we didn't know the difference between a front end and a back end. We had a website that existed and it could take people's information and it could take people's payments, but it wasn't cataloging data. So it broke. So we had a couple thousand people come on at first and nothing worked. You know, what a way to launch. It's like starting a race with your shoestrings tied together, right? Fall flat on your face. And so there were angry emails that were coming in faster, not than we could answer them. They were coming in faster than we could open them. But I realized, and at the time it was just the three of us, right? But I realized that every single one of those angry people on an email was a person who was trying to do something better for their body and for their life. So no matter how mad they were, however nasty (laughs) they worded things, I would try to help them, right? So it was answer them, treat them like a person. And most people, they expect, oh, it's just a website. You know, I'm not going to hear from anybody. But when they heard from a person, they gave them a personal and caring response to really try to help them out and then work through problems, work through the technical difficulties. Mm -hmm. A lot of people were like, oh, wow, you know, this is really cool. And so we were able to take the people that didn't get refunds, that didn't want refunds and didn't get refunds and wanted to stick with us and then start putting that money into hiring more uh, freelance developers to kind of like patch up the back end. And mm-hmm. it was just constant process. But the one thing that kept it going was taking care of people and going the extra mile for them. I had this thing, it's called um, like a GUI, which is just a graphical user interface or like basically a step beyond a command line in a computer. And I was like calculating 1200 people's macros by hand. Right. Oh, about wow. 20 hours a day, just nonstop. Boom, 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 boom. And like all the while trying to coordinate, you know, freelancer here, a designer there. Right. Like, because, you know, uh, our bank chase, they froze our account because they thought it was fraud because there were so many transactions that hit it all at once. And so, like, you know, trying to handle things with the bank. Right. But, um, you know, you can't juggle chainsaws for years of your life. Right. There's a time and a place for everything. And I'm, that was the first few months of the business. But once things started to kind of stabilize, the lessons that were learned there of take care of your people is your top priority. That has been our anchor through every storm. Well, good on you. And, and there's no secret that's a huge element to success. And um, I'm sure you may, maybe know of him, a very successful entrepreneur, which I cite all the time. His name's Russell Brunson and wrote a few awesome marketing books. And one of his big things is that you need to focus on being a client-centric company and not a product-centric company. Because when you focus on the client, the product will change and evolve with time. Um, and ultimately, that's really what you're looking after versus if you uh, focus totally on just a product-centric company, eventually your product will be obsolete 
and that's the wrong focus, you'll end up, you know, being out of business, which obviously no one uh, listening to this wants. Um, so right. good insights there. And I, and I really appreciate you sharing that. Now, one last thing from a business perspective, uh, you talked about the technology hit, uh, glitches, etc., which is, you know, with any business, but I credit you so much for obviously just being a very sharp guy, Mark, extremely dialed in with nutrition, but you've also laid a lot, a lot of groundwork in terms of sol solving the technology piece. So can you share with our audience just a little bit about like how you've acquired so much knowledge and really how you've managed both the nutrition and a technology piece specific to technology? Uh, it's approaching problems with a clear head, right? Because you can, um, this is a really valuable piece of information that should help with every aspect of anybody's life who's listening to this. But as you go through life, there's events that happen, right? Things happen. Um, and the way that we process those events is by creating narrative. And so we'll tell ourselves a story about something that happened. And mm -hmm. over time, you can get so caught up in the stories that you tell yourself about things that happened that you get separated from actually addressing the factual thing right in front of you. Yep. So with that being said, um, just constantly being open to learn from mistakes, right? And take the next step forward. And if you messed up and you fell over, that you get back up and that you learn, right? Okay, why did I mess up? Why did this go wrong? What can I do the next time to not have that happen? And really just repeating that process of staying on the court, right? And you stay in the game, um, even though you're getting your butt kicked, right? Yeah, yeah. But you know, you, you stay in it and you're continually learning and increasing your experience and increasing your knowledge. Because like I said, like I didn't have a technical background coming into this, but we're a technology company. And now I'm much more well-versed when it comes to development. I can even do a few programming languages now, not well, but well enough to communicate with the developer so I can understand what their needs are. Wow. But it was, but it's just, you learn little things by always having an open mind and always being attentive to what's going on around you and what the needs of the people are within your organization. And then instead of just, you know, always like punting it to somebody else, you go see for yourself. Um, you know, random book recommendation that I have is called the Toyota way. So Toyota motor company, they came up with a principle called lean. Uh, so you hear about, Oh, do you follow lean principles? Mm -hmm. Um, that's what Toyota came up with. And there's many different principles that they have. Um, one, I think the Japanese word is like Hinjunka, but Hinjunka basically means go see for yourself. Right. Hmm. So that's what they had their managers do is instead of just staying in their offices, they'll go walk the floor. So you walk the floor of the plant. They had this thing called a Kanban cord. So a Kanban cord is what happens um, in their factory if something goes wrong. If there's a defective part, somebody will pour, pull that cord, and that entire section of the factory stops until they figure out what caused the problem, and they completely fix it. It's, oh, won't that like break the workflow of you know, a factory to run? Well, yeah, but they're never going to have that problem again. And so you fix that problem then and there. But there's so many great principles, even from auto manufacturing, that you can extrapolate to anything else that you're doing. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, that book is called The Toyota Way. The Toyota it's Way. Yeah, never heard really of it powerful. before. Awesome. And also too, I mean, kind of going back to, you know, the feedback loop and critical thinking, these are kind of common messages. And when I'm listening to you, Mark, um, that, you know, kind of are common themes, at least from what I can tell uh, upon your, the success of both you and your company. So. Well, thanks. 
Copy that. Well, uh, you know, I wish I had you forever. Unfortunately, I don't, uh, but I still have a few minutes left. So I want to kind of transition to quote unquote lightning round just to basically extrapolate some really just hard hitting uh, knowledge bombs, if you will, for our audience before you, uh, you know, we shoot for the day. Uh, so my first question in the lightning round would be, Mark, what are you most passionate about today and why? I think it's helping people. That's what it's always been. Uh, that's just remained a constant. So our life is short, right? You know, we all die one day and what matters is the impact that you make and every little action and choice, holding the door open for somebody, helping somebody, uh, avoid becoming diabetic, like whatever it is, you create a positive ripple. And so I think that this world can either be a heaven or a hell. It just all depends on how people treat each other and help each other or not. Yeah, well said. All right, next up, um, this is now kind of looking at your younger self, taking a 30,000 foot view. Now forget about all the success that you've had, you know, scaling, um, you know, technology company being super successful with all the growth. Um, looking back at your younger self, what would you say was the one big obstacle in the way, the one big thing holding you back? And how did you overcome that? Uh, I think that would have to be seeing myself the same way that other people saw me. So a lot of people have what's called imposter syndrome. And that's where no matter like how strong you get, how successful you get, you just never really accept that for yourself because so many of us, whatever our backgrounds, um, you don't want to see yourself as somebody who's important. Right. But um, being able to break – a friend of mine, she's uh, – her name's Christy. She's president of a local news channel here in Austin. Okay. But uh, she really sat me down one day. She's like, you need to start seeing yourself the way that other people see you because in the world of entrepreneurship, there's a lot of posers. Right. And, you know, yeah, they'll talk yeah. about all these different uh, vanity metrics, which and then just kind of make it seem like, you know, they, they are the next Jeff Bezos. They are the next Elon Musk. And like, you know, who am I? Well, it's like I'm the guy who has a business that has customers, you know, which is rare. <laughs> it's rare in the Austin tech scene. <laughs> but, um, you know, she really drilled that into my head. And it's like once you start seeing yourself that way, you'll be so much more empowered to go do the things you need to do to serve your customers, serve your business. Yeah, good on you. Um, next up, uh, you certainly, at least I, one of the many hats that you wear is, is a nutrition coach, right? You're in the business of giving good advice. Uh, what would you say has been the best advice you've received and why? Ooh, that's a hard one. Um, if I had to pick one thing, I'm going to rewind just a little bit when I was talking about learning how to um, separate the difference between the things that happen in your life and the stories that you tell yourselves about what happened. I think that that's super important. Um, mm -hmm. You know, like, like just a silly example. Let's say somebody cut you off in traffic, right? That's mm -hmm. a thing that happened. Now that somebody cut you off, you could say, I'm having a bad day. People are horrible. I can't stand X, Y, Z, like anything, right? All these different negative ways you can interpret. Somebody pulled their car in front of you, you know, and I, and like I had coffee in my mug and <laughs> I'm going to work out later, right? You know, it's whatever. It's a non, it's a non thing, but you can really dwell on stuff like that and focus on it and just drive you nuts. But being able to tell the difference between that interpretation of a thing that happened and the narrative that you create around it, that's huge. Yeah. And it's well like said. a pretty deep thing. So, you know, think about that one a while. <laughs> you might not get it immediately. 
That's okay. Where this is a deep podcast, and I like to ask deep questions, so all good there. Uh, next up, I'm dying to ask you this, Mark, because I feel, and this is something I ask my guests who have had achieved the success that you have, um, is about habits, right? And you know, really, at the end of the day, you know, getting into awesome shape, you know, cleaning up nutrition, following flex dieting, etc., is just about changing your habits. Uh, so, what would you say, from a habit perspective, has been a habit that you've acquired uh, that's been really a game changer in your life, either both uh, personally or professionally? Hmm. I guess practicing what you preach, it's not typically thought about as a habit, but making time to work out every day, whether it's making it to the gym or going for a run, but just doing something, some kind of intentional physical activity every single day. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's how I meditate, right? That's my happy place. That's where I go to focus and reset. And the same thing with tracking. I've been tracking macros now for almost nine years. And it's, it's just a habit. It's just like, brushing my teeth or tying my shoes. I don't even think about it, yep. but it's what's the difference between me being a little overweight kid who's completely lost and feels helpless in his own skin versus me feeling like I have total control over my body composition and I can change it anytime I want, which is a yep. really empowering feeling. Yeah. And I think that's so important to your point about like, you know, you being a product, your product, you've been tracking your food for nearly a decade. And, you know, at first it probably, like we were talking about earlier in the conversation about clients, you know, needing at least a solid two weeks, if not even more kind of ramp up time to kind of build that skill set, learn how to track food. Uh, and the common misconception, I just think human nature is we, you know, things are challenging at first and we, for whatever reason, think it's always going to be that way. But to your point now, nine years later, it's just part of who you are, what you do. And that's the same message for our audience, you know, starting your business, like it's it's complex. There's a lot of things, but you know, when you stack wins, when you create habits, you know, it'll all work out assuming that you keep your head down and model success and, and keep firing away. So I think that's a great habit to share. And I want to appreciate you for that. Oh, thank um, you. Next up. And I guess this is the last two part question I have for you as we're running out of time today. Um, the first question I have is, you know, where can an audience connect? And as you kind of lay that out, I'll tee up my media team to put the graphics there. But that's the first part of the question where, where can our audience connect with you? And the second question would just be finished with a bang. You've, we've learned a lot from you over this last, you know, going on an hour. Uh, what would be the best parting piece of wisdom that you would give our guests and our audience to better their lot in life or in business or both? Awesome. Uh, so connection first. Um, I guess if you have a gym or you're a trainer and you want to use that portal, just email me, right? You can email me directly. It's mark, M-A-R-K, at avatarnutrition.com. Easiest email in the world to guess. Uh, you could also uh, contact us through the website if you wanted to do that. Um, and if you wanted to see what I the shenanigans of my personal life, you can follow me on Instagram, which is um, at mark.f.springer. Uh, but those are the best ways to connect with me. Awesome. Oh, Thank and you. the parting wisdom, right? Uh, this is something that I've discovered in business and relationships and finance and, of course, with health and fitness. But I call it the TCE formula. With time, consistency, and effort, you can do anything. But if you're missing any of those, don't expect what you're aiming for to happen, right? You consistently show up and work hard, but if you're only doing it for a day or two, don't expect results. You know, you could uh, say you start working out for a year and you consistently show up, but you're just, you know, putting a lax lackadaisical effort into it. Mm -hmm. Well, you're not going to see results. You have to have all three. It's time, consistency, and effort. Same thing with fitness, uh, with your nutrition, with your relationships, all that stuff. You have to have all three pieces if you really expect to see something happen differently. 
Amen to that. Well, Mark Springer, my friend, uh, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show. And, you know, just want to take a moment to acknowledge you. I have a lot of respect for you, for what you've done, what you built, being a fellow entrepreneur. Holy smokes. I know the challenge is real, uh, not only for you to basically blend your passion towards nutrition and then figure out the technology piece, literally blown away. And uh, I certainly acknowledge you for being in this fight against the real pandemic. And, and I would like to say our, our both our, our minds, which is the obesity pandemic, which is really, really a cause for major concern. So I want to acknowledge you, want to appreciate you for that. And uh, certainly our guests are a lot better off for you being on the show today. So thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show. It's been absolutely fantastic. Hey, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to be on. Uh, anytime you can share the good stuff in your head, it's always a good day. Awesome. Amen to that. Well, thanks, Mark. Have an awesome day, bud. You too. Thank you, Bryce. 